Welcome to Sense You Asked, a podcast where we have authentic conversations built around your questions on life, biblical Christianity, and occasionally completely random topics. Now here's your hosts, Ben Farley and Ben Van Hyning. Well, hey everyone, and welcome back to Since You Asked. This is episode five. It's hard to believe. That's like more than a month's worth of podcasts. We have made it past the month mark. If you have been uh, joining us all five episodes, thank you. Wow. I, I, thanks for staying with us. Um, you know, we wondered if we were going to be able to hold your attention this long, and um, maybe you felt sorry for us, and that's why you've listened the last five times. Whatever right. it takes. Right. We're at the point where we don't care why you're listening. We're just glad you're listening. So, no, thanks so much for being with us. It has been a really, really cool journey to see who's listening, where they're listening from. It's just amazing the power of technology. Yeah. Well, I was looking at Facebook the last time after you posted it. Yeah. I started to get a little worried. I mean, frankly, your your ego gets wrapped up a little bit in right. that, and there are less and less comments, but it looks like it's still reaching people. So, yeah. hey, if you're listening and you have a question or comment or uh, something or other, I've been called out a few times, Yep. and that's kind of fun you know, to hear you know, your, your dad called us out a little bit about the kite flying thing. Right. That that was an interesting you conversation. Know, I, I still I don't prob- believe him, really. Well, I probably need to apologize to my family, because apparently we are pretty prolific kite flyers, and somewhere along the line, I've dropped the ball. So yeah. to all my family, I'm sorry. Yeah. I have not carried on the legacy of prolific kite flyers, and I will try to do better. And how did you forget that your dad was such a prolific kite flyer? I do remember going out to um, we. My grandparents were right next to the junior high school, and so I would I would play out in the the yard that they had all the time. We'd hit golf balls out there, and and I do remember my dad flying kites out there with me. Now the difference is, if you remember, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to episode one. We kind of divulged uh, a little bit of our failures really? in the kite flying space. But the problem is, is I am almost certain that my family had bought higher quality kites than the ones I'm getting from a yeah. certain dollar store that shall be, you know, na- remain nameless right. in case they want to sponsor us down the right. road. <laughs> but uh, so I- I'm pretty sure we they went higher quality and I've learned it is all in the tail. That's what your dad said. Yeah. He said so. the tail is the key. So I don't know. I'm. I'm not. I'll not be convinced until I see him actually do it. Yeah. So. So. And I. I asked for some videos, some proof from our listeners, and I did get a picture of a small child. Um, Justin Raby, one of my friends from Southern Illinois, he uh, sent a picture of his small child flying a kite, and I think it was to prove that it is possible, but also to show, hey, this small child can do yeah. it and you can't. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's fair. a little mocking. It is. It, a little it, condescending. I, it's, you know, I, I see well, what you're up to. And I get it. I get why you would do that because, I mean, if a small child could, in fact, do that, can and does, in fact, do that, then we should be able we to as grown to. men. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Well, hey, again, thanks for joining us. This is episode five. I'm alongside my co-host, Ben Van Heining. We are thrilled uh, to be here with you. As we record this, it is Tuesday, May 31st. Um, So whenever you're listening to it, I hope your day is going fantastic. If you would do us a favor, 
um, whatever platform you're listening on, would you subscribe to our podcast? Would you, if you have the option, like, uh, click that bell if you're on Spotify. Make sure that you are never caught unaware that there is a new episode of Since You Asked. Um, We appreciate everybody that shared it, everybody that has left us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, Those don't go unnoticed. So thank you so much for being a part of Since You Asked Nation. It's a small nation, but we are a mighty nation. Mighty nation. And growing. Right. Um, It's like, and I always appreciate the backhanded, a little bit of backhandedness of some of the, like my son the other day was saying, I didn't have anything else to do, so I thought I would listen. Well, wait a minute. When you click that bell, that's a priority right. in your life. Yeah. Wednesday mornings, when this thing comes out, you you listen to it now. Yeah. It's more of an implication on you right? I think that so. you don't have anything better to do than us. You Agreed. Know, you, you chose in all of the things that you yeah. could do on the day that you f- didn't feel like you had anything right. to do, you chose yeah. to be with us. So, uh, you know, yeah. I don't take that as a, a slam any- on us. Yeah. I take it as a compliment. Didn't have anything better to do. Come on. Who you think you are? Exactly. Well, it is Tuesday, May 31st, and as always, we continually want to make our listeners informed of what national holidays you should be celebrating today. Uh, I'm assuming over the last four weeks you have really upped your celebrations because of what we've laid out here. (laughs) Um, Again, none of the desserts that have been celebrated over the last four weeks have made it to our desks, uh, to our plates, but... We're going to continue in hopes that one day this will happen. And I believe that today could be the biggest day for me because of the dessert that is on display today. Yeah, and so here's here's going to be my my admission to you. Okay. I have never had a good macaroon. Oh. Today on May the 31st is National Macaroon Day. And just to, if you don't know what a macaroon is, it's a small coconut cookie. Full of flavor and variety. And it is. We had, so I've had some, I'm kind of like you, I've had some that were not so good. But this past summer, uh, we we took a, a vacation to Savannah, Georgia, um, Hilton Head, South Carolina, and then ended up in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, it was one of the last days of our vacation, and we walked down this, um, just the kind of market district, and, <coughs> excuse me, we came across this coffee shop and macaroon store. And my oldest daughter, Bella, who actually, I need to put a plug in for her because she has chastised me the last four episodes that I have not mentioned that that cute little voice that you hear right. in the intro outro is my daughter. And yeah. she is, she's kind of got a little arrogant attitude right now because she, she, she thinks that she is, because she's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, she has made it in yeah. life. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, do us a favor. If for no other reason to rate and subscribe and leave us a review, do it for my daughter. Right. Are you really going to be that person that right. doesn't give in to the wishes of a, a small child? Come on. That would make you a monster. It, don't be really. that person. Right. right. But anyway, so so Bella, uh, she, we see this macaroon store and we decide to go in. She is a dessert junkie like her dad. So we go in, we get this sample pack of like six or seven different macaroons. Phenomenal. I'm a pie guy normally. In that moment, I became a macaroon man. Wow. I mean, just that became my dessert of choice. And the problem is, is there's no real macaroon places here. We just don't have those types of places around us. 
And so we have to settle for Aldi has some frozen macaroons Ooh. that are good. Okay. Uh, but, you know, yeah. it's getting the second tier level of macaroons. Yeah. You know, I think the the thing about macaroons that's so difficult is there's e- you either love them or hate them. And I think yeah. it comes, I think really it's because of the coconut. I could see that. Coconut is, you either really love coconut or you really hate coconut. Yeah. There's not a lot of middle of ground with people. Like no. my sister and I grew up, I would go, my mom would have coconut for recipes mm-hmm. in a bag. I would go and just eat a handful of it, oh, or a yeah. pinch of it, you yep. know. But Tanya just hates the texture even of it. Yeah. So she if it's got coconut in it, she can pick it out right away and she won't, does not want it. Yeah, coconut is is a very divisive. Yeah. Is it a fruit? Yeah. Well, it what grows is it? on trees. Yeah. It, it can't be a vegetable. Can't be a vegetable. It grows above the ground, so I would think. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe if you yeah look that up while we're while yeah. we're chatting. But uh, coconut is one of those foods that is divisive. You either you're right. There is no middle ground when it comes to the coconut sphere. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Is it a fruit? It's a fruit. It's a fruit. Okay. Coconut is a fruit. It's uh, it's a fruit because it has a hard stony covering enclosing a seed. Okay. I don't know why that has anything to do with whether it's a fruit or not. Oh. But that's what. Google says, so we'll go with that. But that's the kind of hard-hitting information that you're going to get here on Since You Asked. So. Yeah, I mean, so macaroons. If you want to celebrate today, find some place that sells macaroons. If you, if nothing else, go to an Aldi yeah. and uh, grab you one. Uh, also, today is National Smile Day. Yeah. So don't neglect celebrating this day today with the waitress that brings you your food for lunch or that your coffee server that hands you your latte or wherever you are, you should smile more today in celebration of May 31st. Yeah. And and maybe make it a a thing in your life. Smile more. Every day should be. You're alive. Yes. What do you got to complain about? What? Really? I will. I mean, maybe you do, but but smile nonetheless. Smile while you're complaining about it. It'll make it a lot more tolerable. Uh, A couple others. Um, it, it's National Speak in Sentences Day, so it's kind of appropriate. We're actually celebrating, yeah, that today by speaking in some like intelligent in full sentences, full okay. sentence day. So I'm a I'm a huge fan of The Office, and I, I, I've watched every episode multiple times. I love it, and I have this unique I don't know if it's a skill or whatever, but this unique ability to recall office quotes almost on command depending on the certain scenario that's taking place in my life and if you are an office fan and you're listening when ben said that your mind went back to the episode where kevin is trying to save time and he has decided to shorten all of his sentences and they have these like these individual shots where it's like an interview type thing and kevin says uh why say lot word when few word do trick? <laughs> so that's immediately where my mind goes when I think of that. I have seen the clip of that. Yeah. I've, I've seen that done on TikTok or yep. of different videos, but I've, I've never seen the episode. That's, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so the office was on to something by speaking part sentences, but yeah. today is national speak in sentences day. Go. And then really the biggest one, that's so interesting to me and so frightening to also is the autonomous vehicle day. Oh yeah. I don't know. It's the future, man. I don't know. I I don't know if I'm going to trust that. I don't know if I can, if I can get behind that. 
Yeah. So you always think like that's super far away. You know, back in the day, it was like that's yeah. the the Jetsons type thing, and that'll that'll come way down the road. Well, it's here. Um, so I follow John Christ. Um, he's a Christian comedian on Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. And a few weeks ago, he was in Phoenix. And at first, I thought it was a joke. I thought he wasn't being serious. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. But he said, I think it was an Uber, but it was one of those ride-sharing platforms. And this car comes up, and there's no driver. And so he gets in, freaking out, you know, making a big deal out of it. And it's taking him to a restaurant or something. And it navigated on its own. And in fact, he did not. He had a seatbelt on, and he decided to unbuckle it. Well, he gets a phone call on the through the car oh, wow. from somebody monitoring the vehicle, telling him or asking him to put his seatbelt on. Like wow. it was, it was really interesting. Wow. And it wasn't just driving straight. Like this car was making turns, left turns at intersections. It was making right turns on red where it was legal. Like I don't know. Thankfully, somebody smarter than me has programmed those. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I I like control, and that is that is absolutely giving up control. That's the exact opposite of being in control, right? And I and I know that they've used this technology in a lot of different areas. Like for here, a lot of the tractors are self-driven now. Like they're, yeah. I guess it's satellites and things that help guide them through. Yeah. So there's a little or no driving right. a tractor. But there's also not a hundred other tractors driving 75 miles an hour around right. them too. It's going so, six miles an hour yeah. through a field. Not to minimize that. But. No, no, it's still, but the technology is there. And, and, mm-hmm. and you see that, you see that playing out more and more. According to the Brookings Institution, uh, by 2040, uh, one quarter of all cars are going to be autonomous. That's crazy. I mean, now, right now, you know, the big push is let's, they want to move everything to electric cars. And there aren't a lot of electric cars on the road, but they're, it's coming. You see more and more of them. More and the and younger more. generation, yeah. like, that's kind of what they want. Yeah. They want Teslas. They want, yeah. And, yeah. I, I just can't get there yet. I think they're, they're neat looking cars. Sure. I like the idea of the technology, but then, you know, I don't want to sit in at a, a charging station no. for thirty minutes to fill up or whatever <laughs> charge, charge up. up. Um, like, but your then phone and the car at the same time. Then okay, so so let me just tell myself. And if my wife is listening and has made it this far in the episode, I'm going to get in trouble uh, when this comes out. So we both went to the coffee shop this morning, and gas as we speak is like four dollars and seventy seven cents a gallon. I was in there for an hour and a half. I came back out and I was like, man, it sounds like a vehicle's running. Yeah, it was mine. Oh, My truck man. was running for an hour and a half. Oh. And so maybe maybe for, you know, imbeciles like me who leave their truck running for an hour and a half, a, an electrical vehicle is is something to consider, but I just can't get I can't get past it. I can't get I can't get behind it. I don't know yet. I will we'll have to see what happens. I mean, you and I both drive Ford F-150s. Yep. Um, yours is a little newer than mine, so I'm jealous of that. It's cool looking. But um, uh, I did see a video of the new Ford F-150 that's an electric version in 2023 or four. <sighs> yeah. Coming, they're coming out with an electric version but of man, it. Man, I, I just, I don't know. And this is, I'm not saying this is the correct opinion, but 
when I hear an electric Ford F-150, I think less manly. A little bit. And I'm not saying that's the case. That's just my hang-up is like it feels like electric right. vehicles are a little less manly. That may or may not be true. But when you drive a truck, don't you want to... Don't you want a little bit of the roar? Oh yeah, a little bit of the exhaust right. going, and you want that's that to me. I get if you if you're trying to get in a car that that you need to get some great gas mileage, and yep. okay, I can I can get behind that. Yep. Even my wife's Traverse, Jill's Traverse, wonderful. It's that's a cool vehicle. You pull up now, you pull up to the stop signs, and it shuts and it off. Shuts off. Yeah, freaks it's, me out. It's a little weird, um, but at the same time, I get I get that not everybody needs the roar, and not everybody needs the horsepower. Yeah. That's why, you, to me, that's why you buy a truck. Although, you know, you say you're jealous of my F-150. It's a V6, so there's not much roar. Well, yeah. <laughs> Mine doesn't roar like some of these guys driving down the street. You can actually hear them out on the highway. Right. It's so yeah. loud. but And that's cool. I, uh, hey. Yeah. Let it go. You know, let it rip. Yep. But, I, you know, mine doesn't do that. But, yeah, that's – so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what the whole future of autonomous vehicles holds. Yeah, we'll come back to this episode in 20 years. In 2040, you know, we'll in, talk about it. On episode 1000, yeah. and we'll probably both be driving electric Ford probably. F-150s, or, or they'll be driving us. They'll be driving us. So, yeah. Wow. It's interesting. Well, let's get to our question this morning. Um, we have, this is one of the questions that I think, uh, while we have had a few people ask this question, this is probably on the minds of a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and it's become more relevant over the last couple of years. Um, the question that we have been asked is, can I be a Christian without attending church? There's, I don't always like nuanced questions, but there is a little bit of nuance to this question. I think yeah. there's certain issues within the church or society that we would try to pretend are nuanced that really aren't. Yeah. But I think this one has a little bit of it. And so um, let's just first, let's start with our um, our experiences in church. Yeah. So Ben, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in church, mm-hmm. uh, grew up going to church as a, as a child, um, maybe had a, a, a couple of years there where we weren't in church as a family um, but I found um, at the age of 15 a youth group uh, at a tr- in a town about five miles away that I, I fell in love with uh, the youth minister. I fell in love with the church in, just in general. Yeah. Uh, ended up being the reason why I ended up going to Bible college and then ultimately in ministry. You know, uh, you met Mark Wright not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. He was the senior minister at Chambersburg Christian Church when I was there. And uh, Andy Mahaney was my youth minister, and then Rob Clifton came along after that. So, I, highly influenced by the church. Yeah. Um, I love the church. I, I started serving in a church and preaching on the weekends, really early on, 1991, uh, at, at in a little town called Pearl, Illinois, uh, Green Pond Christian Church. So, and, and they called it Green Pond, literally because there was a green pond. Like on the property, like filled with algae. Yeah, type it, just, pond? it was oh, okay. bright green. It's just a gross pond. Just a gross looking pond, but they embraced it. it. There, therein lies the reason why you name a church. You know, there you it, go. It, it also was surrounded by a cemetery. You can't call it cemetery Christian. That's church. That's true. Yeah, that's so, weird. <laughs> but also had a white fence. So it wasn't white fence Christian church. Yeah. It was the green pond Christian. Huh. But anyway, it was you know. So I I fell in love with the church. Yeah. Um, and have served the church ever since. So when. I, I, for me, and you'll talk about your experience too, but for me, the, 
the the thing that when you ask the question, I want to break apart the question. Mm-hmm. When it's when we say, do if do I, can I be a Christian and still go, and go to church? Do I have to do both? Yeah. If, if I, well, what does it mean to, what does it mean when you say church? Yeah, does that mean? <laughs> I, and I think we'll get to this. Yeah, I think therein lies we the nuance the, part of that. Yeah. So let me just give you my background yeah. in the church, and um, because it's very similar, I, I grew up in the church. Um, Lived in Tennessee for a few years, of course, before I even <laughs> was old enough to be conscious of anything. We were in church, and uh, then we moved to Illinois. Um, we moved to Sisney, Illinois, small town. I grew up in Sisney Christian Church. Um, that's my home church. I, I still, even though I haven't been there in years, I still love those people and love sure. that church um, because it had a lot to do with who I am today, uh, but... There was a time, so I was a big baseball guy, um, played in college all four years, and I, I loved it, That was, but that was my God. So I went to church all throughout high school, jumped into college, uh, went to community college first and, and played ball, so when I could, I was still coming back home to church. But then I got out to a four-year college, and no, yeah. nope, uh, fell away from the church, embraced a, a different lifestyle, um, chased after things rather than... Um, Christ, but I can look back now and say, but man, he never, he never gave up on me because then I met my wife. Uh, my wife, Janelle was, you know, the, the reason why we got back into church, started back into church, fell in love with Christ church. We lived in Effingham, uh, Illinois at the time. And so fell in love with that church, uh, started getting plugged in a little bit more, opened up an opportunity for ministry, and then now we're here at a, a Christchurch campus in in Flora. So, yeah, it, it's just I've had kind of an up and down relationship with the church. Mm-hmm. Not that the church has necessarily hurt me, but I've stepped away from the church. But overall, it has been a huge part of my life. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a dynamic that that's that really does factor into this question. That's you know, and I know this is not a new question. Christians have probably been asking this question for centuries. Sure. But it does seem to play um, pretty relevant right now, in just in regards to people questioning their questioning their faith, questioning what's going on in their lives. Um, you mentioned a while ago when we were discussing just where we were headed with this that you you use the words church hurt, yeah. Um, and I think people uh, have been hurt by the church or have been have had difficult moments where it makes it difficult to want to attend there right. or attend any church for that matter, just because of the experiences. Um, you know, the jokes, uh, the jokes are funny, not funny about church splits and people, mm-hmm. what people are arguing about. Yeah. And if that's what the church is going to be, then, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then I don't want any part of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so let's, Let's start with the actual question, because I think this is important, because what we don't want to get into is this legalistic-type conversation where people would believe that what we're saying is, yes, to be a Christian, you have to go to church. Again, this is where the nuance comes in. So, can I be a Christian without attending church? Let's start from just the basic salvation level. The answer has to be yes, because we would both profess that we believe salvation is found through grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Right. Like that is that is where salvation is found. It is only because of what Christ has done on the cross for us. Right. So what that means is anything outside of that 
is not the means by which salvation comes into play. So you don't you don't receive salvation by doing anything except trusting in Christ. Right. So therefore, you don't earn salvation by going to church. You don't earn salvation by not cussing. You right. don't earn salvation by anything exterior other than Christ. Right. So I think that has to be the starting spot because we don't want to get into a legalistic conversation where you would hear us say, yes, this is the way you are a Christian. Yeah. So it is only through Christ. Right. I had a conversation with um, uh, an older gentleman uh, several years ago that uh, he, when he first started attending a church, he was asked, they wanted to get people involved. So yep. one, of the, one of the offices of the church back then used to be Sunday school superintendent. Yep. Well, he was the uh, assistant Sunday school superintendent, and uh, assistant to the Sunday school superintendent. Right. <laughs> That's kind of the nature of that. He just walked around and followed, and they they would like almost stalk people who didn't show up to Sunday school. Like they would yeah. write names down, and for the longest time, people were prided on. Uh, you know, super, super Sunday school attendance, and the, yeah. they would put your name on the wall, and and I think there's a resistance to that because, at at some level, it does feel legalistic, and on some level, it does feel forced. Yeah. Um. And you know that at some point, because we don't want to miss Sunday school because we want our name on the plaque, it's we're going to get to church no matter what, no right. matter what's happening. We're going to neglect all other things. So. I, I get that there's some resistance to that. And and the thing that, again, when I like to break things down and, and kind of logically look at things, when you just talk about, you you were talking about how, what does it mean to be a Christian? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it means to be a follower of Christ. Yep. So when you say, can I be a Christian and not go to church? I think it starts with, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Because right. to me, if, if it starts there, then what does that mean then for my involvement yeah. in the church? Right. It, 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 and and then to ask the question of, do I have to? It's always, the, why do we always have to have, it's either I am or I'm not, or I have yeah. to or I don't have to. Yep. The question Isn't is almost odd? looking for a loophole. Yes. Like can, I mean, this is, yes. in a way, this is kind of where this question is leading to. How can I do as little as possible yeah. and still end up in heaven? That's really, and I don't want to paint that with a broad brush, but a lot of times that's where that question is actually coming from. Yes. Well, there's actually two pieces to this question. So do I need to go to church to be a Christian? Well, no, you're a Christian because of your faith in Christ. Yeah. However, that faith in Christ informs the way that you live your life. And so because I have submitted my life to Christ and trusting him for my salvation, now the response of the true believer is to be obedient to what Christ has told us to do. And so, look, we we believe that the Word informs every area of our life. And so Hebrews 10, uh, let's start just in verse 19. It says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have a confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, so because we've received salvation through Christ, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to... <laughs> that is not a uh, an advocation for 
sprinkling, but right. having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. So all that to say, because of what Christ has done for us, because we have put our full trust in him for salvation, let's also put our full trust in him to understand the best way that a Christian is to live. And so it says in verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So because of what Christ has done, let's honor him by being obedient to what he has told us to do. And what he has told us to do is gather with other believers, yeah. encourage one another, because life is hard. Yeah. Everybody that's listening to this, the reality is your life is difficult. We, yeah. We've not been promised an easy road or even an easier road because of Christ. It's not like things magically get better. And so what do you need? Well, you need Christ and you need his people to encourage you, to hold you accountable, to continue to point your mind to the things of Christ. Yeah. And as life continues and we move closer and closer to the day of Christ's return, we we even press in further. Yeah. So it, for me, it, it, it goes back to reforming the question a little bit and rewording it instead of saying, if, if can I be a Christian and, and not attend churches? Can I be a Christian and not want to attend a church mm. or not want to be involved? Now, again, we'll define the word church here in a second. I think that that's the final piece of it, because what does that mean? Right. But when you, when you give over your life to Christ and you, you follow him in faith, you you according to Ephesians one, you receive the full spiritual blessing of being forgiven and adopted into the family of God. Yeah. So when you are now a part of the family, there should be a desire to meet with God's family, to commune with God's family, to eat and to share and to you know uh, participate yeah. in that. And so you know you were as you were talking, I just wrote down. You used the word because, and I un, I was writing as you were talking, and I underlined twice the word because. because it, so to me, it becomes because I'm a Christian, I don't want to not go to church. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to not be a part of what it is that God is doing yeah. in, this, in this community or whatever community we're going to be in or whatever community you are in. The desire to go to church is not so much to go to the institution of what church is, mm -hmm. because that, I think that, the, if you ask me the question, do I have to go to the institution that is the church in the building with a name on the front right. of the denomination that you attend, then I'm going to say, no, I don't think you have to do that. Yeah. But I do think that there, God, the Holy Spirit will place within you a desire yeah. to become a member of that church. And Paul Paul emphasizes that in First Corinthians or Romans chapter 12. Because he says, as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many form one body, each member belongs to all the others. Yep. So there, I really think there's there's going to be that spot in your life where you're going to say, I need to be with God's people. Yep. Which then in real reality, according to what Jesus said, where I am, where two or more are gathered, there I am with them. Right. I think that that becomes the church. We tell yeah. people all the time, yeah, you, you don't have to go to church. You, it, you you are the church. Yep. 
And so I think that's a over probably an overused saying, kind yeah. of a, kind of one of those um, cliches. Well, and let's be honest, we say that from stage. Yeah, but we still want you to come to our church, or okay. or you know what I'm that's saying. I don't I don't mean like yeah. I don't mean like you have to come to Christ Church, but we want you to spend that time carved out on Sunday morning, no worshiping question. and praying and and being encouraged and and being able to to weep and to mourn with God's yeah. people. And yeah, if you're if you're in our church, we want you to be in our church when yeah. we gather. But it's not just limited to that. Right. And I think that's a very narrow view of church and it's why we say what we say. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not just about this building. Do we want you here? Yeah. We yeah. think you need to be. Yeah. But you also go, I mean, there's 120 what, 23 other hours of the week, right. you're still the church when you leave there. So yep. you still need to be doing life together, and, and which I, I hate that phrase. I just said it. Another cliche. But, yeah. but, but being in a community of people and, and serving one another and just being together, yep. that is the way the Christian life is meant to be lived. Yeah, and I think people ask the question, again, because they've experienced church hurt, they've experienced the difficulty that it is to be... To, when they go to church, something terrible happened, or a or a minister did this, or a preacher did that, or those people neglected me, or when I was going through a difficult time, they ignored my needs, and and I get that. I've experienced church hurt many many times, different times from leadership or from membership or from people in general, and I th- I think if we really get down to the whole point of what church is, it's finding a community of people that you can be yourself with, that you can explore your giftings and then understand who you are and why God created you. I mean, the early church met together like that. Acts chapter 2 says they, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, so they were eating together. Uh, they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They praised God and enjoyed the favor of all the people. The Lord added to their number daily. Those are being saved. So I think sometimes we get the wrong impression of what church is supposed to be. It's not a gathering of people who worship together and who have this, um, you know, uh, highfalutin. You know, they dress up and they go to church and they look down their noses at people. I think. We, we need to be able to say, it may have been that church that hurt me, but I want to find a group and a community of people that are that I can share and, and fellowship together with and, as you said a while ago, do life with right. um, and kind of support my get, you know support me through those things and I can support others through those things. Well, I, I think that's a great point because we're probably addressing, the thoughts of of at least somebody listening to yeah. this that has has either considered getting in the church or has been hurt and left the church and is kind of feeling that pull and and to you I would say one understand that Christ is the object of our worship in church yeah and what that means is sometimes we place too big of a priority in how person X made me feel. Yeah. Now, that's not to say we we try actively to to hurt people in the sure. church, but you are a flawed human being that is going to gather with other flawed human beings. If you're in that relationship long enough, 
somebody's hurting somebody. It is the nature of humans. But the reality is those human beings are not the object of our worship. Right. Uh, it, it, and so I'm not saying you should stick it out no matter what. There are sure. certain instances that, yeah, you should probably go find somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, one, if they're preaching a false gospel. If they're preaching a workspace salvation, they're preaching a, a word of faith salvation yeah. or, or whatever, yeah, run. Right. Go to a gospel-centered church that relies solely on the Word of God and not emotions, not feelings. Yeah, or they're abusive in some way, right. or the leadership is corrupt in any way. Or, yes. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we would never encourage you to just stick it out and right. stay just because that's what grit in your teeth and that's what you should do. Exactly. But I do think there is some element also of saying, how can I make the place where I attend right. a better place? Can I confront lovingly the preacher on this particular issue? Right. Should I, can I speak out and say something that I, I, if I see something that's going on that's wrong, is it okay for me? Yeah, I think that's okay too. Yeah. Um, so to, to, to just leave without trying to make some kind of a difference or trying to make some, you know, corrections there, I think that's the wrong way to approach it too. Yeah. But I would never expect anybody to stay somewhere that was going to hurt you in some way or cause you frustration right. or whatever. Absolutely. So we've, we've kind of addressed the church hurt side. Let's kind of end this episode with kind of a newer phenomenon uh, that has really come to light over the last couple of years because of COVID. Uh, and that is the idea of, well, does church online count? <laughs> that has become, church online has become a very viable option. Uh, I'm not demonizing that and saying that it is totally wrong. But I, I, and this is me personally speaking, and you may have a different opinion, I personally don't believe that church online is a, enough of a supplement to, or, or enough of a... Um, it's not the same as gathering in person. Right. I think it is an impersonal thing. I know churches do some things where they've got somebody on the other end that wants to chat with you. It's, yeah. it's still a little impersonal. We know that from our interactions on social media. Yeah. You'd say things on there that you would never say in person. And so sometimes that translates to the way that we interact uh, on church online. But I believe it is a great supplementary thing. And sure. we've got people in our church that... Um, you know, summer's a busy time. They've got, they're traveling on the summer, or now I still think there needs to be a focus on making uh, the gathering a priority in some regards. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is Church Online is a good resource for them to uh, continue to plug into God's Word, but also, and, and even more importantly, is because of hearing God's Word, then having that conversation with their family or yeah. whoever they're traveling with. I think that's a great supplementary thing. Yeah. But it should never replace the in-person gathering. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that that's one of the real weird things for somebody my age to be able to understand is how a person can have an online community. I know, again, I know that there is there are a lot of younger people that that they find a lot of uh, comfort and they find a lot of encouragement from their online community, their right. friends and their group of people whom they've never met and may not even know what those people actually look like and what those people are actually, uh, li you know, like in person. Right. So I, I, I can, I, I don't want to discount too quickly that people could in an online format encourage one another and that sometimes distance creates the need for that. Yeah. But I do think that there is some, 
still some level of we need human interaction. We need that close contact. We need that handshake, that, mm-hmm. that, that ability to stand side by side with somebody and be able to, to worship God as you were talking about together. So I, I, I think there's legitimate forms of it. I do think that providing that opportunity for people to worship online is a is an extension to yeah. what the church can do to help connect people. Yep. But I still think there's going to be something lacking yep. um, in not meeting together. Right. And true true people true followers of Christ, I think, desire that or yeah. or need that. Well, so you know, because there may be somebody that's in their mind pushing back against that right now. And let me just give you a personal example for that actually probably many parents would resonate with, the idea of school online. Right. Uh, my daughter loves school. Like, she's got a day and a half. Well, no, actually, she at the time of this recording, she's done. And she, the other night, was kind of upset because yeah. she loves school. She loves that social interaction. She was still saying that back when school was online. Right. It just wasn't the same. the same. She got to see her classmates. She got to see her teacher. By all um, by all standards, that should have been enough. But yeah. there was something different that she knew she wasn't getting. She couldn't quantify what it was, yeah. but she knew she wasn't getting the exact same thing. And so, again, great supplement. I understand why things had to happen that way for a time, but... Even my seven-year-old knew there's something that's missing, yeah. and and so I just don't think we can fully get the uh, the gravity of what church was actually meant for in an online forum. Totally, yeah. and it's like so. The answer to the question: Do can I be a Christian and still go to and not go to church? I think the question is, the answer is no, kinda, yeah, <laughs> or yes, kinda. Yeah. Can I be a Christian and not go to church? Sure. I think you can follow Christ and not go to church, but I don't think that I think there's going to be a desire deep, down deep to still connect with God's people. Yeah. And then when those things happen and you connect with God's people, you're the church. Yep. That's coming together as yeah. Christ followers. Yeah, and if because again, a lot of that is how little can I do yeah. and get into heaven. I, I would almost say you're falling into a works-based salvation, yeah. thinking that the church is what saves you, yeah. uh, and how little of that can I have and still be saved. I, I would probably question where you're at, because God yeah. has called us, uh, Christ has called us to die to ourselves. And what that means is we're surrendering our life. Yeah into obedience to what Christ has called us to do, to trust in Him, live with the saints, glorify Him, and walk in obedience to His Word. If our question is, how little can I do and still be okay, I've got to question if you're actually saved. Yeah. Uh, and that's a big statement. And Yeah, because the Lordship of Jesus Christ is the inf- inference is, if I'm going to be a Christian, that means Jesus is Lord and Savior of right. my life. I like the Savior part. But I don't know if I like that. Man, the Lord? Wow, that's really inconvenient. So you're saying he gets to tell me what to do? Yeah. I just want him to save (laughs) me. Like, give me life forever. Right. But later on. Right. Not right now. Don't force yourself on me, though. Yeah, don't make me do the things I don't necessarily want to do. Yeah. And I think there, yeah, an obedience factor does come into play. Right. um, When when we say, do I have to, um, legalistically speaking? No. Yep. Should you? That's a whole different question. Right. Um, Paul 
Paul used that whole expedient argument back, you know, in First Corinthians seven eight, where he said, you know, all things are are you know okay to do, but are they are they necessary? Are they helpful? Are they? Right. And and that question comes, is, yeah, is do I have to? Maybe you do. Maybe yeah. you should, because yeah. the should part is the is the part that I fall back to. Yep. We want to live a life that is walking in obedience to Christ because he has yeah. saved us, and we recognize he's the King of kings, he's the Lord of lords. Yeah. I should walk in obedience to him because his ways are best. Yep. Um, so can you be a Christian without attending church? It's not going to save you. But we've got a question where your heart is at in regards to the Lordship of Christ if you're trying to figure out ways to circumvent how to be obedient to Him. Right. All that to say, go plug into a church. Yeah. Be with God's people. Understand you're flawed, they're flawed. Uh, it, it's not going to be perfect. Right. And also, you're not going to be perfect. A lot of people think, I've got to get my life to a certain point before I can ever step in. Yeah. No, Christ is ready to meet you where you are. You're not hiding anything from him. He knows you anyways yep. better than you know yourself. But he's also faithful that if you put your trust in him, he is going to make you a new creation. He's yeah. going to change your heart, and, and that's what we desire for you as well. Yeah, and getting that community can sometimes help get us through those times where we are weak, and we meet people who are like-minded and, and are just like us in our flawed state, and that's an encouragement and an accountability that most of us need on, on an everyday basis. Absolutely. You need it. I need it. We need it. Uh, so go and find that place and plug in. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us again here on episode five of Since You Asked. Uh, ben and I are in Greece as you're listening to this podcast. Um, we are going to record a couple episodes ahead uh, just so you don't miss a moment. Wouldn't want that. Would not want that. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to enjoy myself right, right, knowing right. that Since You Asked Nation was left hanging. <laughs> so uh, we, we want to we be there to answer your questions. So uh, we will be back here next week. Uh, make sure again to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating, leave us a glowing review uh, so that Since You Asked can be seen by more and more people people. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to Send to Us. Join us next time as we tackle more of your burning questions.